0: The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. Darkimaginings.com
1: Welcome, boys and ghouls. It's time once again to kick open the old mausoleum door and see what climbs out. (laughs) Clawing his way out of a fetid grave is Drew, aka Rabid Badger! Pull up a slab with Jim Millspaw in his award winning role as the professor of torture, Meathook Jeff! Jason Storm is here as fan favorite gothic commentator Storm! Do you smell something burning? It must be Salem's favorite old crone, Jonah
2: Summers!
1: (laughs) Now light a torch, grab your pitchfork, and make like a bunch of terrified villagers! You found another episode of The Big Carry show
3: <laughs> Schools are out, temperatures are up, and you know, it's the beginning of summer, and something that most of us do at the beginning of summer is think back years past and take a little walk down nostalgia and and remember all the things that uh, made things fun and and why summers were cool and, and, and got us thinking to, you know, the anticipation to October and to Haunting and Halloween and nostalgia for Halloween. That's always been a fun part for us. So this week with The Big Scary Show, episode 292, we're going to take a little look at nostalgia. But first, we got all kinds of good fun for you. Badger has Deadline News. He's going to keep you up to date on what's going on in the haunt industry. Can't just be going on nostalgia alone. You need to know what's happening now, not just what's happened before. And in addition to that, Badger's got a really awesome interview with Felicia Rose. Meat Hook Jim is got Between the Corpses for you. And uh, he'll be discussing Hanging the Drop. That should be quite an interesting uh, feature. And uh, Jonah has asked the Old Crone. And as always, great topics. Something really to pick into and get into. She's going to be going over protecting your brand. And, uh, you know, when you might need to rebrand. Uh, I'll be ranting in a haunt minute. I've got another animal in the headlines, which might be, you know, either you know fun to think about with it going insane or might be some inspiration for your haunt. Uh, we also... Go down nostalgia road with the Round Table of Terror. We've uh, pulled in a couple of haunts that have gotten together. Uh, these awesome haunts from across the country specialize in nostalgia for haunting. So there's a lot of questions with that that we answer. So it's going to be a lot of fun talking with Aiden, Brandon, Carol, and Nicole as they speak with the ghosts about nostalgia. What makes up a nostalgia haunt, and uh, how can that be accomplished? And is it the is the past the future of haunting? Gruesome, giddly, way all kinds of awesome music, much, much more. Turn up the AC, AC, turn up the volume, get out of the heat, and enjoy whatever you got going on for a meal off the barbecue because it's time for Big Scary Show, episode
4: 292.
5: It's his night to howl, Dracula's dog. The meanest vampire of them all has a four-legged friend, and he's out for blood. Crown International Pictures presents Dracula's Dog. Whoops, there he goes again. There's more to the legend than meets the throat in Dracula's Dog. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without
2: parent.
6: Hi, this is Aiden P. Finnegan from Dark Knight, Halloween World Scream Park, rated number 15 in the US by BuzzFeed in 2022 in Long Island, New York, and you are listening to the Big Scary Show.
5: Virgil Franklin, above the night on the Big Scary Show.
0: Looking to step up your costume? CFX products perform in every environment. Film, haunted attractions, stage shows, theme parks, cosplay, and good old fashioned Halloween. Created for realism and comfort from the number one company leading the industry for over 16 years, a CFX silicone mask isn't finished until you put it on. Whatever your needs, CFX has you covered with silicone. And once you put it on, you too will agree that a CFX mask will be the most comfortable rubber you'll ever wear. Find your new face today at cfxmasks.com, cfxmasks.com. And ladies and gentlemen, let's see how well you're listening to the show because it is now time for the July gruesome giveaway sponsored by our very fine friends at Studios.com. Um October is only three months away, folks. So don't panic. Just head over to Screamlinestudios.com and get all the Halloween supplies you need before it's too late. Now you know how this works. I'm gonna ask you a question. The answer is in the show. Please, if you think you know the answer, email it to us, BSSContest at gmail.com, along with your name and phone number before midnight on Monday July 10th. We will select a random entrant and you could be the winner of a very fine prize from Screamline Studios. Now without further ado the question for the July gruesome giveaway is... Where and when is Felissa Rose doing a massive anniversary appearance with Joe Bob Briggs and Darcy. I need the location and the dates. If you think you know that answer, please email it to us, bsscontest at gmail.com before Monday, July 10th at midnight, and we will select a random entrant. Previous winners and family members of The Big Scary Show are not eligible to win. Good luck, everyone, and thank you, Screamline Studios, for providing... All these great prizes that we give away every single month here on The Big Scary Show. And hey, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Drew Badger and here we are at FrankenCon in beautiful Knoxville, Tennessee. The vending floor is winding down but the parties tonight are just getting started. But we've been hanging around with all the cool kids, all the celebrities, all the vendors, all the great stuff. Somebody here that I have seen at many, many shows rarely get a chance to talk to her because she's always got a line out the door. The absolutely lovely, vivacious, and very talented Felissa Rose from, you know her from Sleepaway Camp and about 3,000 other movies here. How's the show been for you?
7: First of all, thank you so much. That is so kind and so sweet. Thank you for having me. The show is amazing. Um, I love Knoxville, Tennessee. I am just enjoying myself meeting everyone. There's always, you know, magic in the air because our community is about coming together and celebrating the, these horror movies, but celebrating the relationships and connections we make. From loving these films,
0: I, I'm assuming the vast majority of people are talking to you about Sleepaway Camp. That seems to be the big one, and a big anniversary with Sleepaway Camp. Yes, yes.
7: yes. Oh my gosh! So 40 yeah. years ago, we filmed Sleepaway Camp.
0: So came- you made this when you were negative one years old, right?
7: <laughs> oh, 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 Yes, I was only two now. Um, yeah, 40 years ago. So I'm pretty old, but. Push I'm so happy to be here and to share this anniversary with everyone.
0: Are there special 40th anniversary shows going on at cons around? Are there like reunions or are there special screenings or anything at some of the shows coming up?
7: Absolutely. I mean, we just had a big one at Texas Frightmare, and now we have a major birthday party at Joe Bob briggs jamboree and it's going to be in vegas october 7th through the 9th they're going to show all the films four films all Boy camp cast members from one through four and like joe bob and darcy they will celebrate in a massive fashion
2: oh
0: you know how could they not right and you're in vegas i mean what could possibly yeah, happen right
7: absolutely outstanding with the best people on the earth
0: Now, you know, as I mentioned before, you've been in a lot of different films and and you keep putting them out. What's going on with you? I mean, how are you in such crazy demand? I see you, you know, listed almost everywhere these days.
7: Wow, that's exciting. Um, I think I just really have a love for the genre and I'm fortunate that I've met some great filmmakers. So with meeting them, it's like good conversations and communication about making films. And I love the independent film market. And I just uh, enjoy acting and producing, so it it sort of creates the momentum that continues.
0: When I talk to people like Bill Mosley or Kane Hodder or something, they they all seem to work in the same movies. There seems to be like, oh, I'm working with Bill Mosley, and then the next person, I'm working with Bill Mosley, yeah. and, and all this. Are are you in that circle too? Do you tend to work with a lot of the same actors and oh. actresses doing that?
7: One hundred percent, absolutely. I mean, it's like. I did, you know, movies, so many movies with Dave Sheridan, with Perry Shen, with Kane Hodder, Tiffany Sheppes. you know, you name it. It's like Linnea Quigley. You continue the, the navigating the road of film with them, and it's super exciting. I mean, just making movies with Kane alone is, is so, it, it makes my heart so happy because you love them as a person and as an artist.
2: I
0: assume you've read his book.
7: Oh, 100%. Yes, I love him.
0: Where's your book?
7: Um, someone approached me recently, and I just haven't been ready because... There's so much more to come, I guess. I'm not really sure anybody wants to read it, so we'll see what happens.
0: Okay, well, please let us know if you ever decide Aww. to take pen to paper and do all that.
7: Thank you so much.
0: So so what have you got coming up on the film front? What, what have you been working on? What's coming out, say, by the end of the year?
7: Um, I think, you know, with having just wrapped Crust, I have that movie coming out. Late Checkout, Wolf Hollow, um, Dark Circles. There's just so many films that I worked on in the past few years that are now finding distribution and making their way to platform and the craving that's on Tubi. Um, I'm super excited that movie is doing really well. Uh, you know, it's just all over the place. I can't even think at the moment because there was uh, quite a
0: bit. Do you think that the advent of streaming services has increased the number of films out there because now there's greater places to distribute it as opposed to trying to get a theatrical release or just going straight to video?
7: Well, absolutely. I mean, I think we're in a place where we're being given a, a place to show these you know, amazing movies. I have a movie called Stream coming out that was made by Fuzz on the Lens, Michael Levy, Jason Levy, Damien Leone. They all made Terrifier. And now they have this great movie coming out soon, and the cast is incredible. So it's like every moment you hear about, oh, this one's coming at that one, and it's because of the great platforms we have.
0: Excellent. Now, you know, you're one of the most prolific con appearance people, too. I, I see you <laughs> everywhere. Where are you going to be in, say, the next, you know, three to four months, July, August, September, oh. leading up to the Halloween season?
7: Woo. Um, well, I'll be, you know, yeah, get comfortable. So I'm in o- Columbus, Ohio next week, and I'm actually showing um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Hedwig because we decided that it would be fun to just do, you know, some screenings of films that we love. So I'm doing that with my friend Mike McGrainer. Then I'll be at Days of the Dead Indie. I'll be at um, Morgue and Crypt Horror in New Mexico. I'll be at... Uh, In Omaha, I'm going to there for their show. That's incredible. Omaha Comic Con. Then I'm going to Motor City Nightmares, um, Houston Horror Film Festival, Oklahoma City Horror Con, um, the the New Jersey uh, Horror Con. That's in Edison. No, it's in Edison. Yeah. Um, So there's a lot going on. I'll be at Mahoning. Labor Day weekend for their Camp Blood series. Um, It goes on and on. I post it on my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook, trying to keep up with, you know, making sure that I let people know, hey, come hang, because I know this is a celebration of our movies and our family and our community. Do you
0: even have a house anymore? Do you just (laughs) live in hotels and airports?
7: Fortunately, (laughs) my family allows me to come in, um, and I get to come see them and hug them and say hello, but yeah, this is my other family.
0: <laughs> there you go. For people wanting more information about your appearances, again, you know, always a big fan. Lots and lots it's of people so awesome. always coming and seeing this. How can people get to those Instagram and those Twitter pages and those social media sites where they can find out where you're going to be, find out more information about movies and appearances?
7: Well, I have a website, felicitarose.com, and then I'm Rose one two three. On Instagram, Felissa underscore Rose. On Twitter, Felissa Rose Esposito Miller. On Facebook,
0: Felissa Rose. Always a pleasure to see you and speak Thank to you, you here on the Big Scary Show.
7: You and I appreciate you. Thank you for what you do.
0: Thank you for taking some time to speak to us here at FrankenCon. My name is Drew Badger for the Big Scary Show, and we are out.
8: Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete the Zombie Puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. (laughs) See you soon at vfxcreates.com
9: Music by Midnight Syndicate.
5: Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the earth. This is a haunt minute, and now with this week's commentary, storm.
3: All right. Every once in a while, something in the news catches your eye, and you know gives you these great ideas for haunt backstories, and. and working up legends for your haunt and things like that. You know, you get to see something with the traditional haunt troop, a trope of something that went bad. And this week, the something that went bad, amazingly enough, is something we should have known for quite a long time, and technically have, are killer whales. Alright, first thing, we call them killer whales, so, you know, no surprises. So apparently, there are killer whales, or orcas, off the Spanish coast, which are sinking boats? Yes, sinking boats, attacking especially sailboats, ripping off rudders. Which you know, if you're on a sailboat, that's bad. You can't do anything. And not only that, but these uh, killer whales are teaching each other to do that. So now we have, you know, actual real killer whales. And I mean, there's a history of this. And, you know, there's, there's an old movie called Orca, which was sort of like Jaws, but it was a killer whale. And then even Jaws itself, if you're not familiar with it, the boat that they use and gets eaten and they need a bigger one of is actually named Orca. So it's really amazing that, you know, these killer whales are teaching each other and orchestrating these attacks against humans now. And you got to ask yourself a question why, especially if we want to do a backstory and, and figure this out for a haunt. And, you know, there's probably a couple of reasons, a couple of good reasons. We throw shit into the ocean constantly and stuff, and we had him in his captivity, but, you know, it might not be what we think. They think the first of these whales to attack it is, is his name White Gladys. That might be a reason right there for the whale to come after us. We named the whale White Gladys. That, that's just awful. Poor thing. And, you know, we, these whales we had in captivity, you know, we sent well, almost all of them free you know, maybe that is a mistake. You know, whales might have made these ones go in captivity on purpose. We, we, you know, Free Willie might have been, you know, a um, a serial killer of killer whales! So, we, we don't know! We just know that these killer whales have gone bad and are now sinking boats. So, watch out the waters, you know, watch the rudders on your, uh, little, uh, uh, sailboat this summer and, you know, use it for awesome haunt ideas because killer whales! Until next time, keep every minute scary.
5: Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute.
0: Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Spectral Illusions is a digital production studio creating video effects, For your home or pro haunt, they carry over 30 stock videos ready for immediate download, as well as USB drives preloaded with multiple effects. In partnership with AAXA Technologies, they now carry projectors preloaded with multiple effects. And now Big Scary Show listeners can get 15% off downloads, USBs, and screens with code BIGSCARY15. Projectors not included. Visit spectralillusions.com and add some Life to your haunt. That's SpectralIllusions.com.
4: I'm Carol.
10: And I'm Erica.
4: We're with Halloween Hollow Haunted House in Tennessee. And you're listening to The Big Scary Show.
0: Hello everyone, this is Drew Badger, this is Deadline News for episode 292, and unfortunately we have not one but two very sad stories from our own. Story number one comes to us courtesy of Midway Wicked Woods in Statesville, North Carolina. Randy Jenkins, owner of Midway Wicked Woods in Statesville, died unexpectedly on June 14th at the age of 67. He had run Midway Wicked Woods for over 25 years. He was a man of integrity, compassion, a smart entrepreneur, and a man to look up to. There weren't many like Randy around, and he will be missed. The status of Midway Wicked Woods, at this time, is unknown. He leaves behind his wife Jocelyn, two children, and several grandchildren. We have this sad news also from the Dent Schoolhouse in Cincinnati. We would like to spotlight and give thanks to a Dent worker that sadly passed away this past week. Alexis Hadsell passed away from cancer on June 21st at the all too young age of 28. She embedded our attraction with so many warm and lasting memories. She was a natural entertainer and made thousands of guests scream every year. She was an actor, makeup artist, our lunch lady, co-worker and dear friend we will miss you and this year we scare for you the big scary show sends its deepest condolences to the family and friends of randy lee jenkins and alexa hadsel midway wicked woods and the Dent schoolhouse and offers up this extended moment of silence On a little lighter note, we have some hiring news from a petrified forest in Altamont Springs, Florida. Join us for a petrified forest's hiring days. Working here is a no-brainer. If you're looking for a killer side hustle, come out either July 8th or 15th from 9 a.m. to noon or 2 to 6 p.m. We have openings in eight departments. Bring your ID, your availability from September and October, and don't miss out on this unique opportunity. You must be 16 years of age with parental consent. Visit apetrifiedforest.com for more details. We have more hiring news this time from Schmidt's Farm Haunt in Melville, New York. We're now hiring for the upcoming season. To work at the haunt, choose which audition date you would like to attend and fill out the form on our website. You must be 18 or older to apply and help us bring the horror to the haunt this year so we can scare the Schmidt out of you. You can find that form at their website schmidtsfarmhaunt.com. We have this news from the Chippewa Lake Slaughterhouse in Chippewa Lake, Ohio. The carvers are seeking more freaks to join their twisted family. Become part of our killer cast at one of the highest-rated and most realistic haunted attractions in the state of Ohio. We're open from September 29th through November 4th. Apply today at SlaughterHouseOhio.com. We have still more hiring news, this time from Fright Farm in Smithfield, Pennsylvania. We're now hiring for scare actors. Join our Fright Farm family and get paid to scare people. No experience necessary. You must be 16 years or older, and we're proud to offer a competitive nightly pay rate as well as hot, home-cooked meals to our staff every Friday and Saturday night. Fright Farm has been scaring southern Pennsylvania and surrounding areas for over 30 years. If you would like to join our team of talented and devoted employees, apply at... Frightfarm.com slash applications. If you have questions, contact Amber at Frightfarm.com with any questions. Still more hiring news, this time from the Eloise Asylum in Westland, Michigan. Summer may just be starting, but we're preparing for Halloween here at the Asylum. Come on out and meet the team. We're hiring for actors, customer service staff event staff and makeup artists send us a message today also anyone who was a guest employee during our off season this is the time to message and get your interview in so you can come back for the haunt season get more information at their facebook page facebook.com slash the eloise asylum guess what more hiring news This time from Lake Hickory Haunts in Hickory, North Carolina. Lake Hickory Haunts is now hiring all positions for the upcoming season. We're now accepting applications for actors, makeup artists, customer service members, parking attendants, food workers, sales, and more. Join our amazing team and get paid to scare people. Lake Hickory Haunts is set to be the biggest and best show ever delivered by our haunt, and we hope you will join us this season. Our schedule runs from September 16th through November 4th. We can't wait to meet you, and we greatly look forward to having you as a member of our 2023 team. Apply now. Go to lakehickoryhaunts.com for an application. Even still more hiring, this time from Laurel's House of Horror in Laurel, Maryland. Come be a part of Maryland's largest indoor haunted house. We're hiring scare actors, event staff, makeup artists, escape room, game masters, and more. You must be 16 to apply. We'll be having open casting July 8th from 11 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Come join the family. Email laurelhauntcrew at gmail.com for any questions. And get more information at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash M.D. Scariest Haunted House. And finally, we have this convention update from Spookala in Tampa, Florida. We have a special guest announcement. Spookala is extremely excited to bring you the voice of Jack Skellington, Chris Sarandon. Chris Sarandon is well known for being the voice of Jack in The Nightmare Before Christmas, Jerry in Fright Night, Prince Humperdinck and the Princess Bride, and so many more. For tickets to Spookala happening October 6th through the 8th, please go to Spookala, that's S-P-O-O-K-A-L-A, dot com. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show— Email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News.
5: (laughs) Virgil Franklin Between Two Worlds on The Big Scary Show.
1: To take your haunt to a new dimension of terror, then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home haunt or crypt.
11: To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs>
0: Roundtable of Terror is very proudly sponsored by HauntPay. Whether it's time ticketing, virtual queue lines, or anything else related to online ticket sales, have Alex and his staff set you up at HauntPay.com. And ladies and gentlemen, that music once again signifies you are listening to the Round Table of Terror, brought to you very proudly by our very fine sponsor, HauntPay.com. Well, folks, you know, haunt season begins in (laughs) two and a half months, maybe. A lot of haunts will be opening up in uh, early to mid-September. Lots of brand new stuff going on. We've been to Transworld, we've been to Fear Expo, we've been to Midwest Haunters, we've seen all the cool brand spanking new products for 2023. Can't wait to see them in haunted attractions. But let's turn the clock back a little bit. You know, one thing that I have noticed over the course of the last few years, and I'm sure a lot of you have too, a lot of haunts are starting to kind of go retro. A lot more classic type Halloween characters, a lot more jack o' lanterns, witches, classic vampires and monsters and things like that. You know, there's still a lot of great brand spanking new ideas out there that have not been fully exploited or used to death. But a lot of people are kind of into that nostalgic thing right now. There's a lot of advertising on TV that goes back to the days of the 80s and the 90s. And of course, anything 80s and 90s is pretty big these days. So, why not haunted attractions? If you remember going to haunts in high school or college, if you're in a <clears throat> the Gahos demographic, you might remember some of those great haunts back in those days, you know, with the, you know, maybe not necessarily feeling your hand in, into a pot of you know jello and saying it's brains or spaghetti or grapes for eyeballs, maybe not that retro. But there's a trio of haunts going on right now that have gotten together and are creating, retro themed haunts around the country and if this works and it sounds really really cool they may be expanding this and looking for other haunts to join them don't know if that's going to happen but we should certainly find out with our guests tonight they are all putting on retro themed haunts at their various locations and we want to talk about why and what they're doing and and how cool a concept is this So let's welcome our guests tonight. First of all, from the Dark Knight Halloween World Scream Park, we have Aiden Finnegan, who is up in, his haunt is up in Farmingville, New York. Aiden, are you with us? I am with you guys. Thank you for having me on. All right. And and you are not at the haunt right now, building and hammering away, which is uh, a little odd being it's the middle of build season, but we're glad you were able to take a little time to speak to us here. Going down to Silver Point, Tennessee and Halloween Horror, we have Carol Lee Moore and Erica McElroy. How are you guys doing tonight?
4: Doing good, man. Doing good. Halloween Hollow Haunted House. Yeah, that's us.
0: <laughs> Sounds like a, it's got kind of a really neat little retro y kind of name, too. So, gotta love that. Oh yeah, and heading way far out to the west coast the haunted harvest out of chino california we have brandon spletter not splatter but spletter (laughs) with us tonight brandon how are you sir
9: i'm good i just got the sawdust uh cleaned off my shoulders uh to do this interview and yeah it's pretty warm down here
0: well yeah it's pretty warm where we are but uh you know, since we're audio only, you could have been—you could have had the sawdust, but that's all right. And we also have our our regular host up in Rhode Island, not too far from Farmingville, New York. I'm guessing we have storm.
3: Um, eh, yeah, if you take a boat, it'd probably be close. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm greetings. I'm ready to go. I got my uh, Happy Meal Boo bucket filled with wax lips and those uh, skeleton candies that came in the coffins that no one ever actually assembled a full skeleton with.
6: That's true.
0: Very nice. Down in Cincinnati, we have Meat Hook, Jim.
2: I
8: have designed an old Gothic haunt uh, because I was a haunt owner for a hot minute a few years back. Um, But I'm not going to give that design to anybody because it's going to happen. I promise you.
0: (laughs) Out in Fayetteville, Arkansas, somebody who does a really retro haunt. You might say it's purely medieval. We have Jonna, a.k.a. the old crone.
11: I am a product of the 70s and 80s JC Haunted Houses. So I am all about the retro. That is my vibe. I'm I'm excited tonight.
0: Nice. My name is Drew Badger in Charlotte, North Carolina. The heat and the humidity are here, and I am feeling every bit of it. By the way, I started working in haunted houses in 1977. So let's see if we go that retro. But gentlemen and ladies... Welcome to the Round Table of Terror. I'm going to throw out the first question: Why a retro haunt when we have all this cool new stuff going on that you see at Transworld and all the other shows?
6: Are we are we going in alphabetical order here? A, B, C, Andy, Brandon, Carol. For right yeah. now, yes. Okay. All right. So, why retro? Um, well, I mean, from a business and marketing perspective, uh, you know, leaving personal feelings and passions completely out of it. Turn on your television. Open up your social media feed, you know, take a, a walk to your local strip mall or, or online e-commerce store that you buy your all your clothes for. Retro is big right now. Uh, it's been that way since Stranger Things. Really, I would wa- I would want to say is probably the, you know, the Watergate moment, the watershed moment for when the floodgates were opened and everyone started getting behind it. And now it's virtually inescapable. There's a lot of 70s, uh, you know, nostalgia going on, a lot of uh, 90s, rather, nostalgia going on. And more than anything else, it seems that the emphasis is put on 80s nostalgia. And, uh, you know, if you're not just a haunt fan, uh, but if you're a, uh, you know, horror fanatic, like I'm sure most of us are pr- pretty much. You know, the 80s is just usually a personal favorite time, you know, era of horror films. You know, like you said, you had the VHS store experience. And, you know, sometimes the art on the 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 front of the VHS would be better than the movie itself. And, you know, that's influenced a lot of our artwork that's done by uh, Market State to Start Designs. If you go back and look at our uh, artwork for the past three seasons, it's all trying to be VHS artwork, you know. Uh, and it's all a big tribute to that. Uh, so obviously there's a humongous demand for it. We're seeing more and more haunts across the country, uh, big and small, including some national level haunts that are, you know, these big name haunts aren't afraid to go after the vintage Halloween, you know, with the pumpkin pails and the the classic cat drawing, you know, exactly what I'm talking about, as well as, you know, some of that 80s nostalgia, you know, 80s slasher. There you go. Look at they Scream. They're, they're all over it, you know, and rightfully so. This is the trend that's currently gripping the industry, but I haven't seen it. Really talked about a whole lot aside from a, a couple mentions and some you know seminars I've attended at the trade shows. So I was like, this whole movement's happening, but no one's seeing that it's really a movement. So let's make it one. Let's draw attention to you know people like Carol and Brandon and Erica and and Trevor and you know all these haunts out there that are really you know and not there. And I, what I mean by a retro haunt isn't just black. Oh, hey, let's put out some black plastic walls and you know put out a, a bowl of grapes, but take the modern haunt mentality and production value and apply that to, you know, giving an old dog new tricks, you know, parodying and paying tribute to the things that we all grew up with uh, and remember fondly uh, and, and replicating that on a kind of a modern way, but still with a heavy, heavy dose of retro feeling, you know, so I think, you know, everyone who grew up like me when I was growing up uh, in Long Island and going to haunts, you know, in the late 2000s, they had still like that 90s sheen to them. They were still using a lot of 90s animatronics and props and uh, a lot of 90s, you know, gothic set design and things like that. So I fell in love with that aesthetic. And, you know, over the last, you know, in the, over the 2010s, the industry really did, you know, evolve and, and start trying a bunch of new things to kind of get out of that old stu- school aesthetic. But I think we've been far away from it now for so long that it's sexy again. And, uh, you know, I want to see more and more haunts doing it. And more and more haunts are going retro. It's just they're not talking to each other about it. And that's the main thing. You know, I want to I want to give people, you know, the, the, the if you're looking for a haunt, there are other options than just, you know, nothing but CGI screens. So let's say that let's say it that way.
0: Now, you sent me a press release talking mm-hmm. about these three haunts here. Um, were you the one that came up with this concept and then you pitched it to Carol, Erica and Brandon and, and others or or how did this come about?
6: Um, I, I had bought up to Carol a couple of times because Carol, I've been a fan of his work for for many years. Same with Brandon. Um, you know, we go back. But a, a couple of years ago, at one of the trade shows, I think I started talking to Carol when he was telling me about the new haunt he was starting. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to work together in some capacity. Now, you know, the last couple of years of my life have been hectic. Uh, especially career wise. So you know, that didn't pan out. But this year, especially after attending a couple of the seminars and retro, 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 there's something here. And I, I looked and Carol's got this amazing show. So why not reach out to Carol and see if we can do something? Hey, Brandon's just doing a retro theme this year too. Oh, well, let's get Brandon in on the mix. Um, and I thought about it for a while, uh, came up with a big plan proposed it to two of them. And uh, luckily we have some uh, crazy resources for other things we're doing with my company that uh, we're able to also put towards this. Uh, We just finished filming an entire reality show, and news show that's going to spotlight the history of haunted houses, as well as some of the haunted houses that are going retro across the United States. So, you know, that I look forward to releasing that in the next couple of weeks. It's uh, campy, it's fun, and uh, it's it's, uh, giving some love to that thing that we all care about
0: now brandon and carol when uh aiden came up to you guys and said hey i got an idea what was your initial reaction i mean you were you already into the yes i'm gonna do a retro haunt as he just said or did it just kind of become the catalyst for yeah i think it's finally time to uh go ahead and do this
9: um it it hadn't really occurred to me um i think aiden reached out on on instagram because we did a post we did a, a theme reveal and um it seemed like an exciting thing to do. We've never really done anything like this where it's like a cross promotion. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. We've been aware of, I think, all of your haunts um, for years. And, you know, it seemed like something that would be pretty cool. Kind of get in on the, n- the nostalgia that's pretty popular right now.
4: The uh, He pitched it to me and I was like, well, you know, who's involved? Who who's Who's doing what? And what really made me and Erica kind of decide this is really cool is because he's on the East coast. We're in Tennessee. We represent the South. Brandon's on the West coast. And if you're going to let everybody know kind of, Hey, we're doing this thing, you're covering pretty much all parts of the United States. And I really thought that was kind of cool because you're getting three different style retro haunts from three different regions of the United States. And to me, that's really cool because I've been to haunts, like West Coast style haunts are different than haunts you see in Tennessee. And I've only been to a few East Coast haunts, but their styles are different. And so you take different styles with the retro haunt approach. That was pretty That was pretty uh, convincing for me and Erica. So we decided, hey, let's give this a shot.
0: All you need to do is hit the upper Midwest and you basically got the country covered, it yeah. sounds like. So, <laughs> so if there's any haunts out there in the upper Midwest looking to go retro contact these guys um carol you, you you brought up an interesting point about how west coast and east coast and the south all differ and, and yes they do you know i i have been to haunts all over the u.s as well as our hosts, and and there are different styles but um does retro have its own unique style in the south and on the east coast and you know on the west coast too i mean are are the ones out in california is it all about surfing and windsurfing and then vw bugs that eat you or something like that versus east coast or the or the south or the midwest
4: well Well, go ahead
9: go ahead sorry yeah i'm i'm from la and now i live in orange county so i've kind of gotten like a taste of both parts of california you know um and Los Angeles, you know, growing up in the 90s, it, it is a different feel from Orange County, which is closer to the beach. We have Huntington Beach within like 20 minutes of my house. So it's, <clears throat> it's very much a different uh, kind of a different vibe over here in Orange County compared to like Los Angeles where you're landlocked and there's, you know, lots of city streets and, you know, things like that.
4: It's funny because Erica grew up and is from Huntington Beach. So when I met Erica and was talking to her, she was, you know, talking to me about her childhood memories of working at different haunts. And, you know, you were, you started at elementary school or middle school?
10: Elementary school. So I, I grew up with, like, the West Coast haunts, and then I moved to Denver. I worked there for a long time and worked for a company that was sent me all over the place. So I've worked in haunted houses all over the country. So I definitely understand that there's different fields. There's California you see a lot of um, – I don't know if it's like this – a year haunt but a lot of uh like festival type haunts like like scary and then there was you know there was um like dark harbor and all that um Mm -hmm. or uh haunted hayride and all that but um but then you start seeing like everywhere else it's kind of like a lot of indoor haunts when you start moving east and then you go you you start hitting more outdoor haunts and so they're so different everywhere and it's really neat to see everybody's um take on different things so like including retro haunts so i think it's pretty exciting that we're all over the place
4: and i i don't know my first time seeing uh i'll tell you a really cool retro haunt that was before it changed hands i got to tour of the haunted schoolhouse and laboratory in akron ohio uh before it changed hands and uh it was probably the most retro haunt that i have seen that was still basically the way it was since the 70s and it still had the chicken wire up, so the actors were separated from the customers via chicken wire. So you're walking through, and you see them do little spill behind the chicken wire. And I was like, man, I haven't seen anything like this. I heard my parents talk about the J.C.'s haunt, um, you know, back at the one they used to have in Nashville, and that was way before my time. But retro haunts in the South to me was black plastic, uh, strobe lights, blood, paint, um, you know, and and obviously we're not going that retro, but the feel of it, like you could always tell that somebody's put some time into a scene and like they were like, this scene I built, you know, my, me and my brother built this scene right here and we we built it and we was uh, Dahmer and I was Leatherface, you know, and it's just <laughs> like you can tell some of these retro, like the, the feeling of retro haunts has passion. Um, it wasn't just always to, to to make a quick buck and let's come up with something that's quick and easy. But a lot of people that work those haunts, they still talk about it today. I mean, 50, 60-year-old men, they, I remember that time we did this, and they remember it like it was yesterday. And as a kid, nostalgic overload, seeing the radio stations when they were a huge marketing powerhouse, setting up outside. You'd see the KDF rock van outside <laughs> with the strobe lights and the search lights and it just looked like a cool spectacle. And if I told Erica, if we could bring that back and bring kind of what that used to be like for me as a kid, like Aiden said, with Stranger Things kind of being hot right now, bring it all back around and do it in a haunted house setting. I mean, stupid good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good
10: point. Like retro is different, has a different meaning, really, and a feeling for everybody. So I think it's kind of cool that we're all over the place
0: i remember going to the haunted schoolhouse on the mHc bus tour maybe 10 years ago maybe a little further i think that was before the new owners and and i do remember the chicken wire around that giant tesla coil looking thing but i just thought that was so we didn't <laughs> die as we got too close to it and they fired that sucker up but uh that, that's a yeah. <laughs> yeah that that that's that's amazing that's an amazing haunt i, I have no, good the, memories from that
4: the cool place about that haunt The cool thing about it was it was like a a legit laboratory where they were testing, like they had this giant room where they would do um, uh, velocity type things where you could drop down and like, you know, float in the air. And they made it like a four level scene where if you look down, it looked like the floor had caved in four levels.
6: That is the scariest bridge I've ever been on, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> at that one yes
4: and and then the and the other part they had this dracula's lair and it was all chicken wire off where you couldn't you know but he would come down the stairs and just really you could just tell that there had been some time spent in there and it just like you could just smell the age you know and like <laughs> you could smell the the morris costumes from the the 80s and it was just it was awesome you know, I haven't been back, but uh it was really cool to see a haunt that well preserved, almost like a time capsule.
6: Oh yeah.
11: Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna Jim. ignore the fact that you said fifty or sixty year old 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 men, you know. That's
6: <laughs> you know, we're still
11: young, Mr. You know, we got it. But I wanna ask what I mean, I love this, but what is the benefit of you guys pairing together or partnering together? to do this? Is it just for marketing leverage or are you trying to really just start a movement? What's, what's the benefit of you guys working together in this quote retro haunt field?
6: All right. Well, I mean, obviously at the end of the day, we got to make money to keep the gates open or else uh, as Leonard pickle says, uh, you can't have fun next year. Uh, so marketing is definitely at the number one priority list, but really close behind is we're doing this because one you know, you don't always get along with other haunts. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that a sense of community is probably the the one thing that can help this industry continue to grow. Um, and, uh, you know, I find, find myself privileged to be on such friendly terms with, you know, other talented creators like Carol and Erica and Trevor and Brandon and all their respective crews because they, they just got crack teams working on this stuff. Some of the most talented people I've ever seen. But, you know, we're doing this because we want to do it, and that's the similarity, because like you said, you have three different types of haunts. Our haunt, it's a modular haunt, it's a pop-up haunt, because no one can afford to buy a location on Long Island. Uh, most haunts out here, they're modular, they're pop-ups. But, you know, so obviously, you know, that grants Carol and Brandon and everyone, you know, a little bit more, you know, access to to build bigger things and stuff, because they don't have to take it down in two weeks. Um, but, we're all doing this at the end of the day for the same reason. That's because we love this, not just loving doing haunted houses, but the specific niche type that pays tribute to what got us started doing this. You know,
4: my, my response would be, why not? You know, um, you got other haunts doing stuff similar. We're all haunted houses. We're all haunted attractions. People are all going to come out of the woodwork in our different regions come Halloween season. Uh, if we can tap into something get some coverage on what we're doing uh get people talking about it uh i used to travel hours still do to go to haunted houses yeah. and yep. you know if if i'm busy during the halloween season of course but when i was a young man you know i would travel up to four or six hours and convince my parents to let me to let me go that far to, to go to a haunted house just because i read about it in fangoria magazine um so you know you don't know when you're gonna Somebody's gonna come across an article or a story online or social media and go you know what that's dope I'm going and that's how things start to to take off so when Aiden approached me I said let's do it you know let's rock and roll and what's it gonna hurt it's only gonna help that's that's kind of what we thought
9: yeah and I mean the the cool thing about social media is that as divisive as it can be um you know that's kind of how I know Aiden that's how Trevor knows Aiden and um, this is kind of an extension of that, that we, we met on social media and we kind of continue like a, a friendship over social media since we're, you know, we're across the country. Um, and this is kind of a nice way to extend that.
6: Yeah. And what's uh, ironic about all that is not just any social media, but I think even before I was in the industry, like I was still in maybe even middle school at the time when I started, you know, getting hooked up with uh, you guys at per- Perdition Home and following what you were doing. That was on YouTube. That was on you guys, you know, you guys making late 2000s, early 2010s haunt blocks. So before yep. even Facebook hit its peak, uh, you know, like we met on YouTube. And now all these years later, we're working kind of together in this universal project that concerns a time that existed long before YouTube. Uh, you know, like we were talking about Blockbuster was the original Netflix. I think that's better. I'd rather go place, uh, to someplace physical and pick up, you know, physical media. Um, so it's just ironic that, yeah, we met under such modern terms, but, uh, and now we're using modern technology to replicate retro, uh, retro aesthetics in our haunts.
0: I do want to remind you all, you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. We're going to take a very short break to play this very important message. We are talking retro haunts with our guests, Brandon Spletter, Erica McElroy, Carol Lee Moore, and Aiden Finnegan. Along with our regular co-hosts. we're going to take a very short break, and we will be right back.
5: Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? Haunt Pay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts. And now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free.
0: And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror talking about retro haunts with Aiden Finnegan from Dark Knight Halloween World Scream Park up in Farmingville, New York. Brandon Spletter, Haunted Harvest in Chino, California. Carol Leemore and Erica McElroy from the Halloween Horror in Silver Point, Tennessee, along with our regular co hosts And before we get back to the... I wanted to mention to Jim. Jim, I know you used to work at the Dent Schoolhouse, and I went to the Dent Schoolhouse for the first time, oh gosh, it's now been 15 years, it was 2008, and I gotta say, I thought that was a very retro haunt back at the time, you know, from having people like Damian Reaper walk up to you as you're going through the cemetery getting ready to go through the main doors and talking about none of you are really going to survive this maybe a couple of you will but you know his his monologue was just so classic and and just i thought the dent was like a purely perfectly themed haunt everything was school related at the time from auto shop to the auditorium to everything and that that's that's just something i remember from a lot of old school haunts that that single theme and and I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it has changed over the years, but were you a part, I mean, I know you were a part of it, you know, 10 years ago, I guess, but were you a part of it back that far? And were you able to watch it evolve?
8: Actually, I did not come on board until 2010. Um, I know Damien very well. And, you know, the whole theming behind it was, it was a 1950s schoolhouse. So yes, it was very, very retro. Well,
0: like- the theme might've been 1950s, but wasn't it like an 1850s building?
8: building was built like, the late 1800s, yeah. Oh, okay. Very cool. Um, it's a gorgeous... I mean, for those who haven't seen it, it's a gorgeous building. It's got a bell tower and everything. But, uh, you know, uh, Damien was... Damien's an institution unto himself. He doesn't work, so he lives Halloween 24-7, 365. Uh, Excellent. And he's really good at what he does. I mean, he loves halloween so much that he's almost he's just you know it it, that's all that's his life
0: he could almost be one of those late night horror host types of his with his characters those were so cool back then and and i think that's also a big part and i and i'm curious to know whether or not um you know that will start coming back maybe haunts will have a quote-unquote horror host that could you know Kind of be the spokesman and the and the voice of the haunt, you know, not only reading the rules but being a cue line actor or being the greeter or things like that. That would be kind of a neat idea.
6: That would maybe be neat. Some... That one haunt in Long Island should do it.
0: Yes, maybe they should. Maybe I should hang my consultant flag out right now. Cha ching. We'll we'll talk after the show. But um...
6: if we didn't just wrap <laughs> filming, I'd give you that check, Drew.
0: <laughs> You're going to come out with another one, right? I were... I'm sorry. You're gonna come out with another reality show, right? Or a season two?
6: Um, possibly. We'll we'll see what happens after this season. And with the, the internal storyline of the horror host and that universe without getting into too much more, but <laughs> you'll all understand when you watch a couple episodes. We'll we'll do lunch and we'll talk.
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs>
2: now
8: I will undercut Drew. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're not getting into a bidding war today, sir.
11: I think maybe you need a woman's touch.
6: Well, what if that horror host was a a woman? Why not? Princess Trainwreck. No. (laughs) That
11: term, woman, is very loosely used with her. (laughs) I'd rather
8: have kinks in there than Princess Trainwreck.
0: Well, anyway, we're not going to fight over that right now. And if you don't know what that is, do not look up Princess Trainwreck on Facebook, ever. (laughs) <laughs> but just, just don't. But um, anyway, questions from the host regarding our guests?
3: Well, I'm I, just double-checking how many states Princess Trainwreck is illegal in now. Uh,
0: 16,
8: so I, you know. I didn't have a question so much as a comment, and my comment is I am admiring all of you for what you're doing because I think this is what the industry needs right now. Everybody's all about retro. Now everybody's about the '80s, the '90s, the '70s. This is the perfect time to do what you guys are doing, but giving it that modern flair to, to bring it up to the next level. Thank you guys for for pursuing this because I think it's gonna it's gonna take off. Well, you know, we so- certainly
6: <laughs> do too, and that's part of why we're doing it. Yeah. Yep. I mean, what are the what are the chances that uh, several different minds? Uh, who are doing great haunts across the entire continental US are all thinking the same thing. I mean, there's some magic there. You can't tell me otherwise.
8: I agree. I agree very much so. And you guys in Tennessee, I might have to take a trip down there this Halloween. Come on, man. Come We'd on love down. to see you.
2: Yeah.
8: <laughs> I'm in Cincinnati. I'm not that far away. So there you not go. At <laughs> not at
2: all.
0: Straight down 75 to 40 or 65, maybe.
3: So my question, especially involving retro, um, you know, there's been so many advances in the industry over the past 40 years. And a lot of it could very easily be applied to retro. You can actually do very retro digital uh, effects, that type of things. You know, Pepper's Ghost has never gone out of style. But how do you guys address makeup? and being retro, because there's a very different feel to a haunt in the 80s and 70s as to uh, what you'd expect to see uh, a haunted makeup uh, performance at a haunt uh, today.
6: Well, for our show, um, we are the only haunt in our area and probably the only haunt uh, out of few that is a all mask haunt. Uh, we do this for numerous reasons, but especially with the retro thing, we all, a lot of people tend to associate retro haunts with the quote unquote raccoon eyes makeup, you know, the, the white out face, yep. the black around the eyes,
3: maybe some things.
6: Yes, maybe some fades if you're lucky. Um, but, you know, here's the thing is with me, I have a high tolerance for quality and something has to look both retro and good to go, go in our show. And unfortunately, there's still some haunts that are doing that uh, because of their circumstances. And I'm not hating anyone for it or whatever. Uh, you know, everyone does what they can. Uh, but, he, you know, they're not doing it for the, the self-aware joke of a retro haunt. Uh, you know, when, when you're doing stuff like this, there's obviously got to be some kind of level of self-awareness uh, and, you know, poking fun at yourself and everyone else who's doing this. Uh, so that was crucial in our decision to go into an all mask, uh, all mask direction. But it also allows us to write into the storyline. Um, You know, uh, in previous years, it's been the the scare actors actually turn into monsters. So when you go through the haunt, most of them are wearing like full on silicone masks. But there's a but they're holding, you know, fun world masks. And, you know, there's cheap 90s Halloween masks scattered all around that these monsters threw off when they actually transformed formed into monsters so there's ways ways to make that work um, but yeah i'd be interested in s- seeing how other retro haunts handle their makeup
3: oh fantastic i'd love to see a you know a zombie come around the corner wearing that plastic bow duke uh, um, thing that came with like the the plastic jumpsuit cape and the the the, the mask that hanged on by one elastic Oh, boy, the
6: Vancouver's. Yeah, um, we have a couple of those, but they're not getting used in haunt. They're actually getting used in our brand new vintage Halloween and history of haunted houses museum at Dark Knight because we have so much stuff. Blow molds, vintage haunt props. Cat. I have a collection of Morris catalogs that dates back to at least the mid 80s. So this is all stuff that I don't want possibly getting damaged. So we're going to display it properly.
3: Good choice, both by the customers and the actors. That's a risk. Uh, Brandon, what about you? How do you approach the makeup for uh, retro feel?
9: Well, we staff about 40 actors, so um, we don't have a lot of time every night to, to do makeup. We encourage them if they want to or if it's what their character is. But out of 40 people, we probably get like maybe three or four people actually doing dedicated makeup, um, and that's kind of on them. But we provide masks. Um, we last year, one of our haunted houses was uh, called Maniacs, and it was based on real life serial killers. And we actually had like three dead ringers for the, the serial killers that they were playing. We had like a Dahmer that looked exactly like him. We had a Ramirez that looked exactly like him. So they didn't really have to do a lot of makeup, um, but they did have to show up every night because <laughs> like who else is gonna play them? But um, we rely heavily on masks. Um, and I think that a lot of the younger kids, um, cause we'll get 17, 18 year olds um, trying out. They, they kind of prefer the masks. And out out in the cornfield too. If they're sweating, a lot of the makeup ends up running. Um, so it, it's we kind of just lean into the mask like most of the time.
3: Oh, definitely good feeling. You know, even retro masks. There are some incredible movie quality ones that were used in the past, which wouldn't work in a haunt nowadays. But this type of feel definitely would. Um, what about Halloween? How how do you guys approach the makeup and retro issue?
10: So we are mask heavy as well, for the most part, but we do have makeup. Um, We have makeup artists and we use, um, there's specific characters that we use for makeup. So like our main character for like our video store, his name is Rewind. He is makeup with prosthetics most of the time. So they have, we have somebody specifically that puts on his prosthetics because he's technically a vampire there's a whole story behind him but he's um so he's mask and or no he's makeup and prosthetics but he's also in the video store which is also the cue line to our haunt um and so he's in the video store with our patrons and like he's in their faces and talking to them about all these movies and um stuff like that. So like we have specific characters that are mask and specific characters that are makeup, but then we have a couple of characters inside the video store um, attraction that are kind of more old school. So like some of them are like victims. And so like we have, we kind of go like a little bit more retro with their makeup. So like old school, like, you know, running black and white, just, just to make it look a little fun and like, like they do belong in that era that they're that they're in the scene that they're at. So it all depends on the scene and um, if they're forward facing or back in the back in the, one of the scenes. So
3: that's great. And that saves on time with makeup with the actors too. just line them up, get the super soaker with the fake blood. Good. you <laughs> you're good to go get out there oh yeah I, I also love the video store thing and the concept of a, you know the, the vampire running it i'm pretty sure half of the independent video stores in the 80s were actually run by vampires especially oh, yeah. on a friday night if you ever walked into one.
2: Oh yeah
6: i mean what's who's to say what's really happening behind those red red curtains you know that special section of the story that you couldn't yeah. get into before you <laughs> uh, were a certain age
4: i'll tell you what that red curtain was uh what I was about, I tell you that much. Yeah. I always was, uh, okay. that
0: was a rite of passage right there, yeah, being able to right, go past man. the red curtain,
4: beaded curtain, red curtain. Didn't matter. Yeah, I was, uh, mm-hmm. wanted to see what was behind <laughs> the curtain. Uh, tapping on what Erica said, you know, the video store, um, which we call a video slashback, is one of three haunts that we have. So we have Dark Raven, which is your basic haunted mansion feel. So if you go into the haunted mansion, which we call Dark Raven. It's got a bunch of ghost-like, uh, you know, uh, actors in there, so you can kind of think of the old school, you know, the the real dry. The, the yeah, pale. a lot of them
10: are makeup in there, um, especially the one out front. He's he's kind of um, he's saying? he's
4: he's like a harbinger of sorts. He yeah. he kind of tells you the story, you know, and on the front porch, and he's
10: wearing like a top hat with yeah. Hat on, like it's very situation. ghoulish,
4: you know, very. If you think of, like, uh, you know, Dr. Spookenstein, <laughs> you know, like, we talk about horror hosts, you know, he's very that. Yeah. Um, and, of course, uh, that's Dark Raven. Of course, we already talked about video slashback, But then we have Big Top Meets, which, fun, it's clowns and chainsaws. And I know that's, can't get any more retro <laughs> than that. But I, I tell you, I'm a, I'm a personal, I'm not a fan of the chainsaw. And I'm not a fan clown. of clowns. But let me tell you, the public loves it. Yep. And... When they're the ones buying tickets, I will say, sure thing, we'll, we'll make a house just for you guys. And, um, and they love it. And they love it. <laughs> and the makeup in there is your old school, you know, hobo clown and old school clown. like Masks, you know, too. And and we have a few masks in there as well, uh, a few silicones. But it, our, our makeup is across the board. You know, we have silicones. We have latex. We have, you know, the vintage. Uh, st- I mean, because a lot of these companies are making retro style masks, the plastic, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, uncanny, you know, like uncanny. Um, what, I can't think of the name right now. Um, Aiden, you know what I'm talking about—the vintage, uh, yeah, the old plastic Halloween mask. Um,
6: Are we talking about like old vacuum form fun? Yeah, masks? yeah, yeah. Those, yeah.
4: those things. There's a there's a guy I used to know. He had a mask company called Uncanny Valley, and that's what I was thinking. They used to do a lot mm-hmm. of those style masks. Anyway, going back to the original thing, uh, our makeup is mask heavy, but we also theme it to our three themes. So. It's kind of unique and cool, and uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously either. I mean, when you're in a scene in the video store called Slaughter Salvage, and the tagline is a mechanic is insane. You know, like people call it the Del Earnhardt house, and he looks comes out looking like a dead Del Earnhardt. You know, I mean, it is what it is, you know. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We have fun. And if you dress up for Halloween and it's retro, there's no telling what you were going to see on Halloween night walking down the street. So, (laughs) Halloween Hollow is basically a Halloween town. That's how we kind of present ourselves. It's a big yeah. Halloween event, retro feel. It's, we there are limits what we'll do. If it doesn't fit, we understand. But it's pretty hard not to fit in what we got because it's everything Halloween. We can make it fit somehow.
0: Please, please tell me that your ghostly manor has somebody with a sheet with eye holes cut out of it. Mm. Oh, please tell me you're going to have at least one of those. Come check it out
10: and find out for yourself. At
0: least one. <laughs>
10: <laughs> we do actually have a photo cuz we have the ghostbusters that come out and hang out with us every night and we have a photo of one of our actors in a sheet like that with the ghostbusters and it's really funny. Yeah, it is pretty
0: <laughs> Oh, fantastic. That's hilarious. I love
11: yeah. that. It's
2: wonderful.
0: <laughs> Jonna, I mean, you you do a medieval themed haunt. Is, is there a way you can go retro with that? I mean, how <laughs> You're going back like you're going four hundred years ago, five hundred years ago. So I mean
11: super retro eight hundred years ago. It is it is, yeah, it's it's kind of retro already. But my type of retro that I've done with my haunt is the fact out of necessity, um, I I too am a pop-up or modular haunt. Um, so we build um everything off site and we load it in um and then we take it back out, you know, just like some of you do. But um also, you know, basically, I'm I'm poor, um, so I don't have the room or the money for these, you know, ten thousand dollar props. Um, so we're retro in that our scares are more uh thriller, mental, boo scares or jump scares. You know, we're we're kind of low tech in that aspect, but it works.
4: I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something about you know being low tech. I used to own a haunted house that was called Death Yard. And I had it for two years, and we had bought out an existing haunt uh, north of Nashville, about 15 minutes from Nashville Nightmare. This haunted house had one air prop, and it was just the air blast. That's all we had. And every year we were open, we tied with Nashville Nightmare in the Nashville scene as best haunted house. And I found out then that you don't have to be high tech to scare people. And that's kind of where... Exactly. And that's kind of where I started to in, you know, the more creative you are with your show, you don't have to have a lot of high tech stuff. Now, it's nice to be high tech. You know, I've been in some very high tech haunts. I've worked for some very high tech haunts, but I've also worked for some very low tech haunts. And let me tell you something. If people are laughing, screaming, having a good time, they don't give a daggum what kind of tech you're using as long as they come out having fun and want to come back again. And that's what I've found out to be the most important part of what we do. And you say you have a medieval show. That'd be, I'd love to see that, you know, that'd be kind of cool to check that out.
11: Well, thanks. Well, we're, we are definitely kindred spirit in that because I couldn't compete with the great big haunts and the big expensive props and things. So I had to find a way to offer something completely different. Yeah. And so the medieval and it's very story driven and everything but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, preach it if they're if they're laughing and they're having fun and they're having a good time and they're coming back every year. That's what matters.
2: Yeah,
6: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like, you know, throughout talking to people in the industry, it seems that people forget, you know, after they get, you know, especially let's look at our, our employees. I, I was just talking with uh, someone about this earlier is one of my favorite parts of, you know owning dark Knight and working with our team is most of our team. They're not haunt industry people. They're genuine horror lovers. But when someone goes into the industry, I've seen it happen time and time and time again, where they get so, you know, obsessed with trans world and and the newest technology. And that's, that's great. You know, I remember that time in my life, but you know, there becomes this kind of thing that you're trying to, trying to, you know, push your haunts toward. Uh, and if not that, and if you're not trying to kind of replicate, you know, what you have been convinced by industry politics is the right way to do a haunt, you're trying to get in with the in crowd of the industry. You know, it, it, it's always one of the two paths, sometimes both. But you know, we're taking it back to the the point of like, you know, people like different styles of haunt. You know, I I you could talk to five different people and you know, one will say, hey, I like that story-driven haunt where it really felt intimate, and it really felt like I was in the experience, and it relied, you know, the fate of the icon character relied on the t- decisions my group made, you know, uh, which is the right book to move on the bookcase to open the next door. Uh, and there, there's other people uh, who, you know, love haunts like Field of Screams and PA, you know, lots of fire, lots of animatronics, lots of big production value, and it's gorgeous, stuff like Netherworld, you know, I love, I love haunts like that. But people like different things and you know, sometimes people aren't going to like that big haunt or people aren't going to like that small low tech haunt. Uh, But it seems that more and more haunts are now trying to almost appear identical. You're going to walk through haunts now and you know, all all five of your city's top rated haunts seem to all have the same props, the same. Amount of electronics, the same silicone masks, uh, and you know, I, I feel like the retro haunt thing is going to definitely help with that because it's going to remind people that there are other options. There are a variety of uh, styles of haunt that you have to choose from. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe the, the general populace that attends haunted attractions, which I believe is still at about twenty percent of the population each season, uh, will will now be able to kind of expand their palate. Uh, of you know, hey, what what haunts am I going to go to? Oh, uh, we're going to go to that one that we always go to. Uh, the, the, it's biggest, the biggest haunt on Busby. You know, all the whole freaking night. So hopefully, <laughs> you know, this encourages people to check out other haunted houses than the one that they go to.
4: I tell so, you, one time, uh, two thousand seven, Trans World Chicago, first Trans World ever attended. Walking into the dark zone or whatever they used to call that. I think they still call it the dark zone. But you know, anyway, yeah. Scare factories in there. The dragon with the parachute material wings is flapping high above us. Uh, uh, we're looking at the property, uh, the haunt owner, and uh, he was like, I'm buying this. I was like, you're buying that? I was like, dude, that's over $10,000, you know? And he's like, I'm buying it. So we kept it top secret from everybody. We didn't want anybody knowing know what we were doing. We wanted to make this huge, big unveiling. We had it in this giant cave that we built. And at the end of the year, we did a tally of what people like the most. And everybody said they like the mattress in the ground effect or the quicksand effect. <laughs> that did. And I sat there and said, you know, we did you just spent over ten thousand dollars on that dragon. And although it was cool, it was second place. First place was a mattress in the ground. And I've never forgot that. And um It's just, it's funny how things, how people work. You know, you talk about Field of Screams, Aiden. You know, I went to Field of Screams, Bates Motel, and um, Reaper's Revenge uh, on a, I think it was a legendary haunt tour a few years back. And I tell you, my my favorite out of the three was Reaper's Revenge because it felt a little old school and kind of how I came up, you know, in the Southern haunted outdoor haunt, you know, it was like you just kind of use what you got. Um, But Field of Screams to me was the best outdoor attraction I've ever been to. It was clean. It was organized. It looked slick. It ran smooth. Bates was retro, in my opinion. It seemed very nostalgic. Um, It seemed like Bates was the same that when I would see Bates in the uh, Fangoria magazines and things like that from when I was a teenager. And I think that's why they all three do very well,
6: because they're all different. Also, and- well, while you mentioned it, and we, uh, you know, we're right here. Uh, big shout out to Reapers Revenge. Oh my God, uh, Kelly, Todd, all of them, Paul, the whole nine, Ryan. Incredible haunt. It's a and like you said, you know, it has aspects of old school and aspects of new school. But the the old school aspects are done to such a degree, you know, overbuilt, overblown, that it's just. It, it, it's it's hard to describe their experience besides, you know, what I usually tell people about Reapers. And it's one of my favorite haunts, if not my favorite haunt, because it's the most well-rounded attraction or multi-attraction attraction that I've ever been to in my life. So big, te- big shout out to Reapers. Um, I mean, if you're in the area or even if you're not in the area, it's worth the trip.
4: I'll tell you the amount of uh, haunt porn that I saw at, that, at those places. Reapers had a lot of uh, old carnival Looking haunt porn, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it looked legit.
6: They Uh, added more.
4: Okay, well, that's crazy to find that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then Field of Screams had all kinds of farm just equipment, haunt porn everywhere, just rust and just sexiness all over the place. And (laughs) I'm a huge fan of that. So
0: very cool, Uh, Carol. I hope the uh, third place um, for favorite things was a pallet buried in the ground with a red light under it and those fake hands
4: you know we didn't yeah, even those that are
0: scary those but are if, scary if we
4: had that, it probably wouldn't have been third place for sure <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I got a quick question and I know we need to start winding this down because I think a couple of you have schedule issues um, with, the, with it all being retro and a lot of people we were talking before we started you know people remembering all the 80s and 90s of people at least in my age demographic have, are your demographics older people who are going through the nostalgia? Are they more in their thirties or forties or, or more versus, you know, the people who are, you know, what we typically try to market to the teenagers <clears throat> in the early college age. You know, you know, we try to get the, uh, you know, 14 to 25s in there, but are you seeing more people in the thirties saying, Oh my God, I remember this back from the nineties or from the eighties.
9: Well, for for our hunt, we would say that the line share of um, you know our clientele are probably m- like middle of the road millennials like myself. I'm I'm 33, so I grew up with Blockbuster. I had like three video stores within walking distance, you know, of my house growing up in LA, and um, that I think that's anywhere from like age like 30 to like 44 now. I think that's which is crazy to say, but that's that's the biggest share of who comes to our haunt, who sees our ads, you know, who's visiting the, the pumpkin patch. Um, and then followed by, I think, Zoomers are like the next one. And then followed by uh, Gen X. But, um, you know, I think this has been the biggest response we've ever gotten was doing like the retro video store. Because a lot of the people that are coming, they grew up with like 90s Not Scary Farm. And and they just did a, a poll recently to do like a, one of their throwback haunts, like something that they did in the nineties and the early two thousands. So they're kind of cashing in on that too. And um, yeah, I mean, millennials are the generation that celebrates themselves. So um, they, uh, they like it. And um, yeah, I would say that, you know, we're kind of playing to that crowd um, more than anything else because it's who comes, you know, to our haunt.
4: We, we engineer our, the whole concept of Halloween Hollow was Halloween fun for everyone. So, so we have a not scary pumpkin patch. So when the little ones can come, they can hang out with the Tennessee Ghostbusters who are protecting the uh, the the corn maze and, and the pumpkin patch areas and making sure that no ghosts or goblins or ghouls or whatever, you know, can scare them. And then we have, you know, the killer clown, cannibal clown, chainsaw haunt. That's bloody and gory, and then we have the haunted mansion, dark raven, that's more spooky. Haunted mansion, Disney esque, and then the video store, which is for your basically your hardcore horror enthusiast. So we wanted to hit all spectrums, and that, that way we can have any age group come to Halloween Hollow and have a blast.
10: And that's what we've seen it. Like we, we have a ton of people. We have a lot of families that come. And they'll bring like all their kids and they'll, so we, we've set it up to where they can either do like all the haunts at once, or they can buy like individual tickets, you know? So a lot of times we see repeats. So they'll come in and they'll do like, they're not sure if their kids are going to like it as much as they do. So they'll take them in and do one haunt and then they'll come back the next weekend and be like, they loved it. They can't stop talking about it now we brought it like more people we had somebody show up with an entire hay ride that they drove in themselves full of people because they wanted people to see it and they so like we have everybody from we saw like tiny kids all the way up to like you know a super pretty elderly people like
4: out there and had, like was that one grandma i saw your pumpkin on the in the newspaper came yeah. brought the kids <laughs> with me i was like great yeah thanks granny come on back anytime yeah. <laughs> so like we we have have a very wide
10: variety in our audience, but um, I'd, I'd probably say that, like, millennials are probably our biggest uh, return.
6: But we'll well, see. I, I have to almost mirror that. You know, last year for Dark Knight, uh, which is our second season, uh, we looked at the data after we closed, and uh, upon reviewing it, it was almost a clear 50% divide between, uh, you know, teenagers and people in their 20s and, you know, people who are older adults and beyond, quote unquote, uh, you know, and both for different reasons, you know, the teenagers and the, the Zoomers, uh, grew, you know, are now very aware of stranger things and all this retro media that's coming out that pays tribute to the media of the 80s and 90s and horror and things like that. Retro horror and the adults you'd have coming through and saying, oh, man, I remember this prop from Rich Hamp's House the Living Dead, which was probably the best haunted house on the island from the late 90s through the early 2000s uh and then what ended up happening was towards the end of the season those adults came back and they were bringing their kids to show them hey this was what haunted houses were like when you know we were your age or whatever it is and those kids went through and said it was the best haunted house they've been to that year you know as opposed to you know everywhere else, everywhere else on the island and that's a pretty high uh, compliment considering that we have some great haunted houses out on long island but you know again a big we, we held back with the marketing the last two years. We relied almost entirely on word of mouth, which was kind of out of character for me, given I'm a marketing guy. And we ended up still making the Buzzfeed list of the top 20 scariest haunted houses in the U.S. So, you know, we're excited to see, you know, now that we're going to be properly marketing it this year and we know we have a good product, uh, how things expand. And, uh, you know, uh, part of this whole collaboration is using our new resources that we're putting into marketing and using that to try to help out uh you know bring some attention to carol and brandon's places too because honestly you know uh, we got to look out for the other people who are doing like-minded ideas especially when they're good ones like this and if all turns out well uh the industry is going to look very different in the next couple of years
0: excellent i know we need to start winding this down so if the hosts have final questions now would be the time to ask Anyone? I think I covered everything we did with uh, retro pretty well, but yeah, Badger, if you got a good quick one, I got a quick final question. Um, If this turns out that the three of you have fantastic years and everybody is just you know raving about this, are you looking to create like a larger group? Like if I had a haunt in Ohio or Pennsylvania or Idaho, and I wanted to join the three of you guys. Um, Are you going to be soliciting for that after the season?
6: We have big plans for this. And, you know, uh, I, I highly, you know, uh, I I try to put a lot of uh, emphasis on, you know, partnership in the proper regard. So if that's something, that's something I want to do, but if that's something that, My other two, you know, haunt partners here, uh, Carol and and, and Brandon, would like to do as well, which I think we've talked about before, and you know, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. I'd say yes, definitely. Uh, We're 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 trying to build the community here, and uh, spread the love around.
0: Excellent. Any final questions? No, I'm just looking forward to
3: you know one day seeing the uh, retro council (laughs) of thirteen.
0: That's old school. Well, it has been a fascinating conversation. We really appreciate you guys coming on and talking about it. This is the part of the show we like to call the plugs. So if you have websites and social medias where people can follow you, catch up on your progress, obviously we want to know your opening date if you have that already set. And let's start with Brandon. Tell us about Haunted Harvest. Where can people get more information? Do you have ticket sales, pre-sales going on, or when they're going to go on sale, opening nights? social media sites etc
9: well we operate out of uh, frosty's forest and pumpkin patch so uh, they don't do online tickets they're old school um, so everything's on site uh, but that's in chino you can follow us on the haunted harvest uh, on Instagram the haunted harvest on Facebook haunted harvest.com for any info um, and yeah
0: do you have an opening night yet
9: uh, they're telling us September 29th
0: okay so check out haunted harvest. Dot com or look at Haunted Harvest on the social medias. Uh, Carol and Erica, tell us where people can get information on Halloween Hollow.
10: So you can visit our website at HalloweenHollowHaunt.com. Currently, we are in the process of redoing our website, but our website does have the schedule on there and hiring information, contact information on there right now currently. But um, we will be doing... Presale tickets starting August 1st. Um, you can catch us on social media on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and uh,
4: TikTok. TikTok.
10: All of those are Halloween Hollow Haunt.
4: Also, something that we did uh, that's kind of cool, we did an 800 number. Oh, yeah. So you can call uh, 877-777-1041, and it's just kind of a retro uh, like haunt it's the haunt line. We call it the Halloween Hollow haunt line. So. Yeah,
0: that's fantastic. It's not, not ninety nine cents a minute. I hope.
4: Oh, we we try to get a nine hundred <laughs> number, and uh, those are no longer a thing. So
0: nine seven six haunted house. There yeah, you go.
4: That would have been great. <laughs> that
0: would have been. Uh, Aiden, take us home with this, sir. How can uh, people get more information about the very long name of Dark Knight Halloween World Scream Park? And all, all right, Dark Knight all
6: Halloween World Scream Park, it's a long name, but that's kind of the joke. Uh, like I said, we're self-aware. Uh, on all socials, we're at Dark Knight L-I, that's Dark Knight, not spelt like Batman. Uh, dark N-I-G-H-T because that's when haunted houses take place on Dark Nights, of course. Um, so yeah, we also have darknightli.com. People can go there right now and sign up to be an actor with us. We start at fifteen dollars an hour in New York, and we are also accepting applications for vendors because we're adding a brand new Halloween festival this year. It's not just a stream park; it's a full-on Halloween amusement park slash festival. Um, so we open up on Friday, October thirteenth. Because what's more? 90s, then opening up a full-on 14-acre retro stream park in the middle of October when half the seasons passed you by. Uh, we are located at the Catholic Health Amphitheater at Bald Hill in Farmingville, New York, aka the Bald Hill Amphitheater. And we look forward to seeing everyone. We're doing a bunch of awesome, cool stuff this year. Keep an eye on our socials because we have some surprises planned and some stuff that's going to make you probably laugh uh, if you get the joke and you're as involved in the industry and fandom as we are. So, Thank you again to Drew and all the uh, g- hosts here on the Big Scary Show. Uh, not the first time I've been on here. Hopefully not the last time we will be on here. And it's always a great time. Uh, so thank you to you guys for having myself on as well as our wonderful haunt partners here. And uh, give a spotlight to what we're doing.
0: Yes, but you're opening Friday the 13th, so there you go. Yes. But anyway, we could not do this again without our aforementioned g- hosts, including Storm.
3: Once again, fabulous conversation. You know, love the whole retro feel and the fact that it's coming back. But I am going to blame all of you for the fact that I can no longer get blow mold decorations without spending a
6: small fortune. That's because me and my partners bought all of them for the museum. I'm very sorry.
0: (laughs) Also want to thank Meat Hook Jim.
6: I've got
8: to say the whole concept just enamors me. I can't wait to see what you guys have done. And hopefully at least I can get down to Tennessee to see what you guys have done.
0: Please do. And of course we would be remiss if we did not mention Jana, the old crone.
11: Oh, I'm just going to say that if you ever want to know why Gen X is so tough, it's because we grew up on the fears you guys are creating.
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> well
0: My name is Drew Badger. And one of these days I would love to see an entire haunt, with nothing but actors in don post masks that would be uber retro this is the round i think we've been on a tour with one or two of those we may have but this is the round table of terror here on the big scary show
9: Hi, this is Brandon Splatter from the Haunted Harvest in Chino, California, and you're listening to the Big Scary Show. Greetings,
8: Greetings listeners, listeners and welcome. And welcome. Watch, Watch out, don't trip, out. Over, don't that trip over that torso. So. It's time, it's time, time for between, between the the corpses. corpses. Greetings listeners, Meat Hook Jim here, and as we continue our journey down torture and execution, we're still at the gallows and hanging the drop. When the trap door was first added to the gallows, the drop did not aid execution as intended. It took the efforts of a diligent hangman to perfect the process. On May 5th, 1760, a mighty throng gathered at Tyburn as a new era beckoned. The victim was Earl Ferrers, the first peer of the realm to be hanged in London, and a new method was on trial. Ferrers would not be hanged from the horse and cart that conveyed him from his cell at the Tower of London, as felons in the past had been. His death would occur when the floor beneath him gave way, leaving him suspended and strangled. It was known as the drop. The monumentous event was first spoiled when Earl Ferrars inadvertently broke protocol. He presented the hangman's assistant with five guineas, leaving the empty-handed hangman fuming. Ferrers was forced to wait for his moment of doom while the two officials argued. Finally, executioner Thomas Turles was ready to release the mechanism that held the floor in place. Misjudgment by the makers of the scaffold left Ferrer's writhing on the rope, with his toes touching the ground. Author Horace Walpole said, as the machine was new, they were not ready at it. His toes still touched the stage and he suffered a little bit, having had time by their bungling to raise his cap. But the executioner pulled it down again and they pulled his legs so that he was soon out of pain and quite dead in four minutes, Turlis returned to the tried and tested method of horse and cart. However, the drop was the shape of things to come. It was modified and made an appearance outside Newgate Prison in 1783. The victims were led out from the prison basement directly up the steps and onto the platform, some six feet high. Well, I'd my toes would still be touching. I'm six four. Anyway, hangmen still used short ropes which meant that despite the drop, victims suffered slow strangulation. It wasn't until Lincolnshire met man William Marwood took the job of hangman that science was applied. In Ireland, there had already been some advances in the form of the long drop. The correct length of rope could be calculated if the prisoner's weight, height, and neck musculature were assessed. With a long drop the neck was broken or dislocated at the end of the fall. Death or at least cessation of pain was instant. Marwood drew up a chart to work from which gave the length of rope necessary for anyone weighing between 112 and 224 pounds. He used a good quality rope, favoring a soft Italian type made of hemp and silk as it now had to bear not just the weight of the body, but the force with which it fell. Marwood exchanged the traditional slipknot for a metal ring to increase efficiency. He urged the replacement of scaffold ladders with ramps to assist the weak-kneed prisoners on their final walk. Where possible, he encouraged the digging of a pit beneath the scaffold to allow the platform to match the height of the cell floor yet still have the efficient long drop beneath it. Marwood's proud boast was that others hanged criminals while he executed them. He was duly rewarded for his compassion. Unlike his predecessors, Marwood was not abused by street children or reviled by society. His humanity won the respect of everyone, from prisoner governors to his victim. So there was way to, you know... At least live a little bit longer, and you know, taller people like me, maybe quite a bit longer. But anyway, I digress. We'll catch you on the next episode.
5: Virgil Franklin, Blood on the Sawdust, on the Big Scary Show.
2: Thank you.
5: enthusiasts. Join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state from home to pro to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook.
7: Hey guys, it's Felicia Rose Angela from Sleepaway Camp and you're listening to the big scary show. Woo!
1: The barrier between life and death is no greater than the thickness of a door. Now the door is open. What do you Ancient House, a Phantom Car, a terrifying confrontation with evil. <laughs> Trish Van Joseph Cotton, The Hearse, a Classic Experience in Fright. From Crown International Pictures, rated PG, parental guidance suggested.
11: <laughs> it's time for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> A while back, we talked about some good ways to brand your business. Everything from selecting your name, your logo, your image, and presence in the marketplace. Well, what if you need to rebrand your business? There may be many reasons why you have to do or choose to rebrand. Maybe you're expanding, wanting to go in a different direction, or perhaps there's a dispute over the rights to your business name. Maybe you think it's just time to change things up. Well, for whatever reasons, here are some quick guidelines of things to consider before proceeding of a rebranding. Make a list of everywhere your business name is, because every single one of them needs to be updated. This will be easier if you can keep the same LLC or corporate name, so all you have to do is change your DBA, doing business as, which will make taxes and legal items much easier to update. And don't forget to update your state and city licenses as well. Next, think carefully on what your new brand and name will be. Due diligence is always important to make sure the name isn't taken or too similar to someone else's that creates an issue. It's easy to check for available names with your state, and simply Googling will help as well. If you can select something similar to what you currently have, it will help with recognition. Create a plan for launching your new brand. You can pretty much follow the same steps it takes to launch a new business. As soon as you update your website, social media, and all your legal paperwork, get the word out. Use this as a great marketing opportunity to reach out to your past patrons or customers and make yourself known to new ones. Regardless of what prompted you to rebrand your business, see it as a chance for growth and expansion change like growth can sometimes be painful but it could be made less painful if you plan ahead until next time don't forget to stir the cauldron
3: enter the haunted world of fright find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference. Fright Find will make in your haunt listing.
0: Hey, this is W.F. Bell from Rob Zombies 31 and The Walking Dead. You're listening to The Big Scary Show.
1: Great high adventure in the tradition of The Guns of Navarone and the Bridge on the River Kwai. Spencer Tracy, Frank Sinatra, The Devil at 4 o'clock. Two men first met on the island of Talua in the South Pacific. ...under the black volcanic shadows of the devil at four o'clock. One, the island-hopping Harry. The other, Doonan, a holy man.
4: Where are you from, tough guy? I hear echoes. What's it to you? You spit your teas. That'll be Jersey. I come from just across the river, Hell's Kitchen. We used to eat punks like you. That's when you had your teeth.
1: Together, they raced against the damnable devil at four o'clock. Spencer Tracy, Frank Sinatra, Volcanic Fury in Columbia Pictures, The Devil at 4 o'clock in Exciting Color.
5: Virgil Franklin, Redneck Rob, on The Big Scary Show.
1: Show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Keron. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Keron. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N
5: dot com As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body we would like to thank the following sponsors Screamline Studios Creepy Collection Dark Imaginings Fright Finder Haunt Pay Von Caron Productions and VFX creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, master of the ether muse. And we couldn't do this without the three ghosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and More, RabidBadger.org, Meathook Jim, check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com, and Storm, Rants and More, HauntMinute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing.
0: The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show, LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.